to the What's Your Name podcast. I'm your host, Steve, and welcome to a Genesis story. And this is a BLT session. All right. So, welcome everyone to another installment of the What's Your Name podcast. As always, thank you for joining us. Now, finally, you can see us. Yes. So interesting. You should say yes. Okay, I'm here. I'm here. You're not ready. You know, you know, I don't, I don't to, I don't to like startle anyone and chase them away with my, with my energy. It can be sometimes a bit overwhelming. So, I'll warm the the audience up. I'll, I'll warm you guys up. Yeah, but yeah, yes. Thank you for having it, me. It still. is, it's very interesting that you said warming you up. Yeah, to me, warm you up. I turn up my stories again. I say, what you to say? Lord have mercy on mm-hmm. us. Anyway, um, so as promised, this is episode eight, and we introduce simply Cyril. So typically, she is the annoyance of my life. I would say, and yes. for lack of any other words, I'm a last yeah. born. I'm, I'm sorry, Uchokozi. <laughs> I, I like teasing people. It's, it's, it's in tease. my blood. It's in my this, blood. I think if you remember at any of our episodes, there's a person I described as. She has a way of kukuita umbwa lakini umbwa kali. And she always does that to me. And I think she's the person I describe a lot in my in most of my podcast episodes because I see the value of the person. And there's no greater way of introducing a person to this episode, particularly called Worthy, because when we met, she I wouldn't say she didn't believe it, but she didn't see it for herself. So, simply zero, how would I describe her? As I started an annoyance. Number two, she is the <coughs> co-founder of Alekbulan Roots. It is an apparel company that deals with... Not apparel. It's not apparel. It's cold pressed. Let me, let me, let me do that. This is my job. Eh? You're, you're going to butcher it. Please, please. There are the important people listening here. Mm. Which important people? Oh my gosh, your audience are very important. So, my, um, I guess, um, my name is Michelle Ciro a.k.a. Simply Zero, and as he says, yes, I'm the annoyance and the bane of his existence. <laughs> what What is the point of a best friend, if I may ask? Hmm? Hmm? Audience, yeah? people, my people. If I may ask, what is <laughs> what is the what is the bending? Why that is my work? I don't try doing my work well. Somebody comment. I think I'm doing my work very well. So yes, um, <clears throat> I'm the co-founder uh, of Alkebulan Roots. It's a cosmetic company where we make cold pressed uh, oils and cold pressed soaps. What that means is no heat or chemical was used in the manufacturing process. So everything is healthy and alive and good for your skin, your hair and your body and even summer edibles. So yes, as already you can imagine, I'm a person who is about, <clears throat> excuse me, is about health and holistic living and just trying to live the best life. Are you sure of holistic living? I think I've seen you do some very deplorable shots. It's called balance. You know, in this life, I'm I'm one who feels like it, it's important to have balance, not, not just only vegetables, you know, at a vegan, vegetarian. No, 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 no. We need some some beef in there, some chicken, you know, balance, you know, balance. It's one day you look homeless, the next day you look fly, you're slaying it, you know, balance. We can't always be flying, we can't always be whack, you know, we gotta meet in the middle. Balance, balance. I kid you not, yeah. guys, this is how she is 24-7. Like, it's, it's not, she's not faking it, by the way. I, I wish this was a different accent, but this is typically her. It's not an accent, but anyway, she's also on the cusp of becoming a master's major, for lack of better words. No, just I'm just uh, about 
about to finish uh, doing my master's in digital communication. So it'll mean that I'm a communication expert, basically. Yes. Really? Yes. It just means I'll be a communication expert. And um, the field that I decided to specify in is in digital. And this was even way before Corona. So aha, COVID came with a silver lining for my work. <laughs> for my, you know, trajectory of work, yeah. Okay, she's also, I would say, co-founder of a group on WhatsApp. Oh, another one that is also called Alkebula, and it's about the um the uh, awakening and awareness of our heritage as Africans. Because for the longest time, from school to even uh, like you know the streets, what are the streets is that. You know, the the story you only hear is of suffering and of colonialism. And I'm like, surely Africans, we are so great. We have such a great history. So I'm also passionate about that. I'm a Pan-Africanist at heart, to be honest. Like, yeah, you know, we are one. You know, Pan-Africanist means we are one as an African. Like, I would love to see Africa someday become one. You know, we have one official language, you know, one currency, you know, just working as one together. Because even like my company, Alkebulan Roots, first of all, well, Alkebulan is the ancient name of mankind, which came from the Moors in the north. That means mother of mankind. I'm very passionate about Africa. I'm very proud to be African. And I just feel so sad the lies that we've been fed and believe, and you know, we have led, been led to, be, to believe from colonialism. You know, the colonialists fed us a lot of lies and made us hate ourselves. That's why you ask yourself, why is there so much, you know, tribalism and colorism? You know, it comes from how they segregated us based on skin tone and regions and you know so we are, we are we are really one i don't know what the whole halabaloo about it is about but honestly i'm a pan-africanist i really believe we should be one and if we are one only greatness can come from from us africans what does one look like <clears throat> one for me is that first of all we can move between borders without needing like a lot of paperwork you know there's some places you're like okay you need a passport to go there and i'm mm. like but it's still africa you know, like freely moving, even for trading, we like you know. Yes, we formed trading blocks, but I wish the trading blocks would even amalgamate and just become one full big trading block. Because I remember like ECOWAS and all those things. But you know, Sadak. You know, now that the South ECOWAS is for the West, then East Africa also has its own like trading block. Come on, let's just put them together and trade freely. Because even the products I buy, I source them from all over Africa. I source from Morocco, like the argan. I source baobab from Tanzania. Then, you know, from the Kenyan coast, I get coconut oil. So I'm really somebody who's just like, if and the taxation you pay because of crossing these borders is ridiculous. And I'm like, but you're coming from my, like, continent. My, like, we are one. So that's what I mean by Pan-Africanist. That's the unfortunate thing because of how things have been like now when this comes to the economic setup and um trade what are they called um trade laws and <clears throat> sanctions even for some countries mm-hmm. you know they sell their stuff for cheap and then when they get processed abroad and then they're sold back to us they come with a hefty price tag but uh, yeah that's not about today's topic uh, but that's just a <clears throat> a segue yes into who into into just who I am and how I think and so, part one of my beliefs as I've shared I think it's going to be a problem for me to keep Michelle quiet because she always has a wealth of information and I think this is one of another reason why I wanted her to come on board. Yeah, my friends call me encyclopedia. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call her an encyclopedia. I'll just call her somebody who has the passion to understand also. So okay. she, from the moment we met, I think we met by an episode of Rick and Morty, I think. Yeah. Okay. So basically we were... 
<clears throat> excuse me in the same it's uh, cold season so please don't yeah. mind our hammer <clears throat> yes yeah. we're, 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 and imagine we're drinking hot tea like it's mm. not it's 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 real but it's cold cheese literally but anyway so yeah it's called a charcuterie board people class people charcuterie board yes yes <laughs> and this has been recorded in a bed sitter so Hey, we work that way. <laughs> lies, lies, but anyway, continue. Actually, uh-huh. we were uh, members of the youth group of our church, and I was new that day, so I was just like trying to sit at the back, you know, just trying to observe people, because that's what I like to do when I'm in a new environment, you know? Just be chill, relax, sit in the background, see what the vibe is like, see what people are like, you know? It's very fascinating, actually, watching it's called people watching. It's very fascinating. It's one of my pastime hobbies. Me the meaning of I thought it was awkward that you spend a lot of time observing people. It's it's, it's very it's, fascinating. It's, yeah, it it's, is. It really is fascinating. So yeah, so then now um he came. He sat just in front of me, and you know that you just have something. You know, like people can say it's something. They can say it's the universe. But yeah, I, I believe it was the Holy Spirit. It was just like hey yo, they just chokoza just uh, just poke poke this person like a Facebook poke. So I just, and then imagine, I've never talked, I've never talked to him, by the way, ever. This was my first time seeing him. And the, and the Holy Spirit just told him, ask him about Rick and Morty. I know, it's so weird. So I just tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, hey, you watch Rick and Morty? And you know, he looked at me like, first of all, girl, I don't even know you. Who, who there? Who, who you be? Like, he just looked at me like, who is this person? Like, what a random thing to ask a stranger. And basically, yeah, that's me. Like, um, I, I, I also just, I'm very spiritual. So I listen a lot to the Holy Spirit and sometimes things don't make sense. But when I do them and then later on, I'm like, oh, okay. I see what was happening there. But yeah, so that's basically how I introduced myself to Steve. And yes, oh, he couldn't get enough of me. <laughs> so as you can tell, it's okay for ladies to take the first move. I am so glad she did the first move because me, this about when you meet a personality like Michelle's, it's very loud yes i can, I can be, be intimidating very intimidating particularly yeah. for me i am a very timid person i like <laughs> uh, i like observing so when somebody comes into my space and they're very different it's it's i call it nowadays i call it light because it comes in different shapes and forms so this was the new light i got to understand so we need to start talking about the topic at hand so the reason i wanted to talk to michelle about worthy and also an introduction to her for the coming episode she'll be coming on board so you'll be hearing a lot more of her so and i'm sorry if you don't like my voice i know it sounds weird even me sometimes when i hear my voice i'm like is that how i sound but uh it'll grow on us together yeah it'll grow on us together i'm also also learning to appreciate her voice (laughs) because hearing a voice as a, a, a source of reasoning and at the same time a voice that is also a friend it's it's really annoying to balance out both because you forget to put that line at times and like you just want to choke somebody and you're like Ugh. anyway but that's besides the point but um so i wanted to talk about worthy because when we met she didn't see herself in that light in the sense that she is valuable in all that she contributes and a lot of the things that she contributes and even the small things she does contribute mm-hmm. has always been i don't know there's something about the multiply effect with women anything a woman you give she'll always bring forth more of it mm-hmm. so with her she mm-hmm. she brought more in the sense of her personality it doesn't look like 
anything to anyone else, but simply because she's able to connect to people very easily, actually, by the way. And I don't know why a lot of people are very good at connecting with people. So weird. But at the same time, they're very terrifying to get to know. Hmm. Please, we'll be throwing in random questions in this conversation. Okay. But essentially, I wanted to know, how did you acknowledge that you are worthy? That you are valuable? <clears throat> okay, so first, okay, like the definition of worthy. Okay, so worthy, it means to have worth or value. And what is worth? Worth is like the value of something measured by its qualities or esteem in which it's held in. So, uh, for me, uh, in terms of being worthy, like when you asked me that, like when you told me this was the topic, I was just like, uh, I've never seen the things that make me or what I have to share with the world in terms of simply being me and all that I am is not some, it's not that it didn't have value, but I didn't see it as like something that you can bring forth to the table and say, this is what I have to offer. And somebody will be like, oh yeah, that's actually, like somebody now sees the value in it because at the end of the day, worth is about seeing the value in it. If I don't see value in it, then it has no worth to me. But to somebody else, if they see value in it, it has worth. You know, that's why they say one man's trash is another man's treasure. This, this, what separates that, the simple line that separates that is the, um, is the worth. In terms of what does somebody see the the value in that aspect of whatever you're taking that somebody might think is junk because for them they did not see the worth in it simply because they did not have they did not see the value in which that it could help them in so for me um for me uh, you know it's thousands of <clears throat> everyone else can see it except you so I remember in communication school uh, there was something that we learned called the Johari window it's a very uh, interesting. Um, it's a very interesting construct that was created by, uh, two, these two guys called Joseph Luft and Harry Ing- Ingham. And, uh, so yes, as, she's as you can. A friend who knows how to say those words. <laughs> and, um, so basically Johari comes from like the first name Joseph and Harry. So mm. Johari. Ooh. Yes, I know it's, it's, it's fancy like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's so, so it's called Johari window. And the reason why it's called window is technically there are four parts of you because this is about interpersonal communication and interpersonal communication is communication that takes place between yourself and others within the closest proximity of you. So it's your, your thoughts and also how you are able to communicate your thoughts to somebody else and how the other person is able to interpret what you're communicating to them. So that's interpersonal communication. Sorry, guys, um, as I told you, communication experts, we'll, we'll learn a little bit today. So for the Johari window, it's basically, uh, it has four windows. So basically, uh, just picture this, like you draw a, a, a rectangle and split it into four halves. So we have a quarter, 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 so four halves. I mean, so four parts. And one window is things you know about yourself, and things that other people also know about you. The second window would be things you don't know about yourself, but other people know about you. The third one is um, things that uh, you know about yourself, but nobody else knows about you. And then like the fourth one is like what God knows like you, about you. Because seriously, you don't know about it and other people don't know about it. So like um, in the university, we are just like you can consider that one like something that only God or a higher power can know about you. And the only way it will be revealed to you is like 
actually they didn't cover like how it would be revealed to you but you can go through life not knowing some certain aspects about yourself and no one also knowing about it unless you have an awakening maybe the holy spirit or you know god gives you an awakening of it yeah so <clears throat> so for me um like what steve is saying that he saw my worth basically what he was seeing at that point in time he was looking through the window of where he can see those aspects in me, but I cannot see those aspects in in myself. And um, the, beauty th- the beautiful thing about the Johari window is it's a great tool for um, very deep and meaningful introspection into how you communicate with yourself and others. You loved me. And with all of those pieces, I made me a mirror. So your affection became a goal, the finish line, the standard. I gave your love the power to crown me deserving of love. Gave your hands the control to determine if I was too much to hold. Your presence became my world and your voice was the anthem your frustration the battle cry your smile was the victor's hymn you were everything your absence would be my demise confirmation that I was undeserving of someone's undivided time but I found out I found out that your love has no authority can't name me worthy so my value she will not follow you out that door instead My value will sit beside me as we bid you farewell. Wish you a safe journey to wherever it is that you are going. Could you please, could you please shut that door behind you? I'd hate for you to find your way back in here. Sometimes questioning your worth in and not in a derogatory term whereby you you know you 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 degrade yourself or you make yourself feel lesser than I don't mean that don't make yourself feel worthless no I don't mean that I just mean that you question really uh, do I bring what I feel like I bring to the table like is is the value of what I bring to the table am I am I connecting with reality is it what I'm seeing or am I, am I a bit too grandiose, you know, and I'll keep on bringing Trump because, oh my God, that man and his grandiose, grandiosity. Oh my gosh. Like, Hey, I know everything. I know everything. And you're just like, but you know nothing, sir. You know nothing. Like everyone is saying, you know nothing. You know, for him, for the Johari window, him was just in the window of whereby like everyone is seeing what he's not seeing. Like, (laughs) everyone's just like sir no you're not understanding like it's not it doesn't work like that but to him it's just oh like yeah he had too much um that's not what happens when you um you overestimate your worth you know and then outside that's what it can also do in turn is people reduce your worth 
than what it actually really is because you've over you've oversold it. You know, sometimes when you buy something in the supermarket and you think, oh, it's going mm-hmm. to be the best because it was the most expensive out of all the choices. Then you go home and you realize, oh my gosh, the one that I normally buy, which is like the cheaper version, is even better. <laughs> you know, you're oversold on the worth and the value of a thing just based on the price tag and maybe because it looked all fancy. But at the end of the day, you realize... It it the, the its worth was overhyped. So, so uh-huh. how does this translate to you seeing who you are as a person? Because I'm sure this translates from an earlier time when things around you didn't appreciate the value of who you are as a person. So uh-huh. I'm wondering who saw you as a human being. Uh first of all, as I said in the beginning, it's you to see this <clears throat> worth in yourself because at the end of the day, interpersonal communication that you have with yourself also depends on how you see your worth. Because at the end of the day, as I said, you will always have an intrinsic value. And at times you might, um, you might under, under market in terms of like, you'll make it lesser than, you'll make it lesser than, uh, than your actual intrinsic value. Intrinsic value, what it means is that no matter what you do to it, that worth that has already been put in it shall not be depleted. Like it cannot be removed and it cannot be added to like that intrinsic, like that's what its true value is worth. Okay. It's the same way. Like somebody gives you that, um, that, uh, metaphor of take this 100 shilling note, crumple it, step on it, you know, like make it look really ugly. And then you give it back to a person that, and you ask them, so is it uh, 20 shillings less than its actual value? And you'll be like, no, it's still worth a hundred bob. You know, it still has, that's intrinsic value. Like in as much as it looks all haggard and wrinkled, it's still worth a hundred bob. You know, it's, its value has not diminished. Okay. But you can all, yes, you can add by getting another hundred bob, but you cannot add another, you know, one bob to it to make it 101 shilling note. You, you get what I mean by intrinsic value? So we all have that intrinsic value. And for me, being a Christian, the intrinsic value comes from, uh, being, you know, being a child of God, Christ paying the ultimate price. Like that's my intrinsic value for me personally. Yeah. For me, that's my intrinsic value. Then on top of that now, I have other values which will <clears throat> which which is now basically for me to build my life. So, you know, you some values come through formal education whereby your mind now adds value, like it adds value to how you're living. Um what else can uh so basically yeah, for me for me worth basically there's the intrinsic worth, then there's the worth you build. Okay? So I have my intrinsic worth, then I have the worth that I build. And that's where now we have that uh, contention of, you know, imposter syndrome, whereby everyone can write or anyone can, you know, can be a pilot or anyone, you know, you feel like, she's a blogger also. Yeah. You know, like you feel like, but everybody can write, like people tell me like, oh, you write so well. I like how you're very, like you can paint a picture with your words. And I'm like, but that's what communication is about. Like you just... Like somebody should be able to see it. And that's why I have, um, like, um, my favorite authors tend to be people who, when I read their stories, I can see like Paulo Coelho is just like, ah, oh, that man, God bless his soul. I read his books and I'm just like, I'm right there with you. I'm right there. You know, I'm just right there with the character. I'm, I'm just, I'm just so in, in it. I'm like, woo. I just, mm. And then, the, then the, the, the cream, you know, for me, the cream on the icing on this cake of Paulo Coelho books is that 
it's also fictional. Like, you know, I'm not, I, I really struggle with autobiographies. For the love of God, I really suffer, like, try to read them. <laughs> the last one I tried reading was for who? Michelle Obama. Let us just say I'm still there, being, on, being Michelle Obama. <laughs> I tried reading it because, you know, she has my name, Michelle. Woo! Michelle, yes, sir. And I was like, I'll try. Because before Michelle Obama's, I, I didn't even try reading Barack's. The, before Michelle Obama's, I tried reading Nelson Mandela's autobiography. That one also in Lifika Quarter. I reached Quarterway and I was just like, I can't. So for me, I love Paolo Colo because he's able to paint a picture and then even give like life lessons. Like, you learn so much. You know, that's also what I like about it. Like, you, it, it helps you now have that interpersonal communication more. It gives you more introspect. Like, you even you ask yourself these questions like, oh, like the character chose this direction, but I would have chosen this. But why? Like, oh, I love how he writes. And then um, another person who I, I liked their books was uh, J.K. Rowling. Like, I remember, and I remember I got introduced to her when I was like in primary. I was maybe the age of nine or ten. And I couldn't put the book down for the love of me. Like I was, I was that kid who you're told lights out, go to sleep, it's bedtime, and I'm just there with a torch under my blanket. I I'm, I, like I'm just, I'm just trying to fake. to finish the book. I always thought that was fake, actually, but she actually does it. Yeah, I thought it was such a fake thing, but like as in, I'm just true. like so, 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 I'm just over there. And then my sister's just like seriously, Michelle, you know you're going to struggle like waking up in the morning for school, and I'm like. I used to bug in because I used to sleep in the same room with my with my elder sister. I was like, please, just just let me, just 30 more minutes. Okay, sir, 30, 30 minutes later, I'm just like, oh my gosh. Like the cliffhanger, this lady is leaving me on, like on this page, Aki Mora, I have to finish. Like my sister is called Mora. Mora, I have to finish, please. She's just like, no, no more, no no more reading time. Like you can imagine, I, I was that geeky kid. And this is like when I'm 9, 10, which 9, 10 year old is just telling you that they want to read forever. So Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I basically that's like the type of like reading I like to do like where I travel like to another world. I love a book that takes you to its world, cause this this real world over here gets earth is hard, yeah. As we say, earth is hard. Here in Kenya we say earth is hard, eh? Yeah, it in is Kenya hard. We say earth is hard. Yes, we say earth is hard. To me, life is hard. Is life hard for you Woo! guys? Comments. Let us hey, know. Hey, earth is hard. Let me tell you something. Earth is hard. Woo! This life is hard. So if I have any opportunity to escape, oh my god, I will escape. And how I escape is through books. I just love books. And yeah, as I've said, one of my favorite authors is Paulo Coelho. And yeah, so for me, that's how. Yeah, I think, for, for, huh? I think there's something you've mentioned, and it just it leads to a question I wanted to ask you: mm -hmm. is you downplayed who you are as a person to make yourself easy to love? So okay. I wonder. I always wonder because personally, as a person and mm -hmm. as a man, I always mm -hmm. realize that I, as a guy, would mm -hmm. give up so much of myself mm -hmm. so that somebody else can find value mm -hmm. in who they are as a person. Mm -hmm. So I wonder for you: have you downplayed yourself to be loved and simply? Well, as you can tell from her personality, she I wouldn't say she's not easy to love. Well, I wouldn't say she's not easy to love. I'm so I, lovable. Don't listen to this guy. I'm just, so it's lovable. Just, it's just that <laughs> this this package <laughs> comes comes with comes with some quirks. Anything good is, is hard work, okay? Yeah. Thank you guys. Anything that is easy is not worth your while, people. No, I'm not saying she's huh? I'm not saying she's <laughs> Okay, so she has a way of like kuchagua buttons, like literally. And then the thing is, I hear for some reason I've always been attracted to communicators. So whenever I bring a communicator into my life, like they always find a way of just like probing you. And Michelle is so good at that. So please explain before you probe me again. Yes, my goodness. yes. I've yes. already lost my train of thought. 
explain mm-hmm. so essentially i'm asking mm-hmm. how did this translate to like Europe? in like how do i how don't how i maybe try to downplay yeah, my worthiness yes. or Because it's something you sounded very strong. On. Yeah, okay, sometimes even in like a relationship or in work, sometimes you're told like, yes, eh. she's in a relationship, guys. Yeah, I am. But it's also sort of sometimes you feel like you you start changing who you are. That that actually comes into play about how worthy do you think you are? Whereby you're like, "Oh, maybe he'll uh, love me a bit better if if I if I if I don't seem like I like certain things or do certain things." And it might not be like an um a negative type of aspect of you like a bad habit per se but it's just something maybe the the person your partner told you that they they don't appreciate in a, when if they see this value in a person they, they really don't appreciate it so you start to change it or even something as small as you forgetting that your favorite flavor of ice cream is chocolate and not vanilla but you find yourself like oh Uh anytime you go yeah, yeah like yeah because yeah, i remember uh, it reached a point there's a point in, in time in my relationship where i realized what do i like it reached a point where by i was just constantly um going with the flow and choosing to go with what uh, my partner preferred so it, it even in the smallest things as like we go out for ice cream and maybe i want to try a different flavor but because their favorite flavor is vanilla I find myself like okay I'll take vanilla too so it reached a point this happened on for a long time it's not something that that is just abrupt it's very slow but steady and continuous so it reached a point I realized even when I'm by myself I go and order vanilla vanilla mm-hmm. is not a bad flavor but when was the last time you ordered like something that you like that you thought you you yeah, really you wanted So <clears throat> so what happened is I realized I had lost myself because it was those ones of even something as small as I'm giving food examples because guys I'm a foodie me napenda chakula my body is is trim but let let it not lie to you you know as you know as trim people the the, the body lies metabolism is very high we eat a lot okay you can put away food guys we we eat a lot so what would happen is i would find like um when we go to buy like even like um junk food or something like crisps or as 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 our people in america would say chips very confusing for us here in kenya because chips chipo is what you call fries okay anyway so chips the crunch ones you know chips crisps okay uh yeah uh, so i would find myself picking um cheese and onion. I like cheese and onion but it's not my favorite. My favorite is like um this barbecue or like nyamachoma flavor and then like salt and vinegar. But anytime I would buy, I would always buy um cheese and onion. Now, <clears throat> hang on guys. I know you might be like that's so that, that sounds really silly, but listen to this. Because consistently I found myself choosing something that technically was not my preferred thing, I was slowly losing myself in terms of I forgot What does Michelle like by the way? I just have to sit down and say, Michelle, do you really like is this your favorite thing? Do you really like this? Or even even something like music. You find yourself always listening to certain type of music because it reminds you of the person and you know it's not your favorite like genre or it wasn't like your favorite artist but it's not bad music but you 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 start realizing you becoming you're changing into someone who it wasn't on your own like it wasn't on your own accord it wasn't on your own deciding but rather the an outside influence now that being your partner now this can even easily go into even your job you find that your boss says i prefer somebody who does a b c d and not that the deliverables that you're supposed to give shall change by you doing it the, the way the boss prefers but rather you're a people pleaser you know you just want to please somebody all the time and 
At the end of the day, you want to please others so much to the point that who is going to please you? Eh, eh. This world is about loving yourself first. Eh? It sounds so selfish, people. It okay? sounds selfish, but it's so true, actually. But if you cannot love yourself, then how will you say you love somebody else if you don't even know how to love yourself? The first relationship you ever have in this life is the one with yourself. Okay. What does the self look like? How does the self relationship look for like? for me? The self relationship is um, how you treat yourself first of all. Like um, it starts with how you think about yourself. Exactly. So for me, it starts with what are the thoughts you tell yourself when you wake up in the morning and you look yourself in the mirror. Do you say like, "Oh, you look so horrible"? Why do you have dark under eye circles? What's wrong with your skin? Or do you look at yourself and you're like, "Hello, how are you?" Okay, we might look rough today, but what can we do to look better? You know. <laughs> Like it depends, and th- that's you know she's. I'm laughing because the number of days <laughs> she has called me to just tell me like yo, there's a way I don't look in the mirror. Like I think there's a day I don't mm-hmm. think if you remember mm-hmm. in earlier in our friendship, she, mm-hmm. I think she was going for an event, mm-hmm. and then she I don't know she, me from the pictures what mm-hmm. I saw she looked fly, but at the same time yeah, self critical also she was she's so critical of how she yeah. looked like she's a fashion blogger but at the same time yeah. like she's very good at picking things that work with her body and how she as in I've never seen Michelle have a bad I wouldn't say a bad hair day but a bad dress up day even on her bad dress up days like yeah funny enough sour, yeah <laughs> funny enough like, it's so weird like literally she she may be like she's in a robe but somehow I'm st- I'm still slaying it, y'all. Still <laughs> Yes, but I, she that that's that inner voice that we keep telling mm, ourselves. Yeah. So, I think you brought up something really important: the mm. lies we tell ourselves, which yes. attack our character. They don't basically attack who we are as people, but the lies we repeat to ourselves re- most of the time touch on our character flaws. Yes. So we try and try and merge them together so that we can find a truth. Mm-hmm. So this can be the example of. I don't look attractive today or the fact that I can't look into the mirror because personally for me, I bought my first mirror when I was 25. Really? Yeah. You lie, I kid Steve. you not. Why? Like the first full-on mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, really, you, you really, because I don't remember the first time I met you, Steve, hmm. like you really had self-esteem issues with your body and I'm like, yeah. but it's your body. Like, are you expecting somebody to deliver you a, a, a body that you want? Like... You are given one body. That's why we're saying like your what starts with those small things of what do I like? How do I talk to myself? When I'm having a bad day, do I do I sit and move or do I try to, you know, mm-hmm. speak some life, speak some sunshine into and, my into and my, my life, life essentially you know? is in the small things. I think yeah. we, I think how our culture has brought us up is we always think about the big stuff. We forget the small stuff. Yeah. And the small stuff starts by that simple thing. Yeah, how you talk to how yourself. How do you talk to yourself yeah, in yeah. your mind? And I know yeah. it's been said so many times how you talk to yourself. Yeah. But honestly, the impact is as big as it is. And I think Michelle is the one who she introduced, she introduced me to episode four, Gratitude. Yeah. So the Gratitude app will link it in the description. It gives you like daily quotes that just daily quotes and affirmations, and even it gives you like little quizzes and exercises. Technically, like to like maybe you can do a twenty-one day challenge whereby every day you have to write something you're grateful about. And trust me, guys, that thing is hard because by day mm-hmm. four, if you're having a horrible week, you'll be like, "There's mm-hmm. nothing, people, nothing." nothing, nothing. But you, at the end of the day, you realize. Okay, you had a hot shower. Sometimes you, you have to break yeah. it down to the smallest things. Like, I woke up and made my bed. I brushed my teeth. You know, there are those days where my life will be... 
will be hulking out on you. You know, they hulk smash. Like, <laughs> life will be hulking out on you, smashing you into the wall and, you know, without giving you a breath, just punch after blow after punching. You're like, oh my God, I need to breathe. And the only thing that will help you breathe is just thinking like, okay, at least today, I got to have an amazing cup of tea. Like I love tea and I was able to enjoy a really nice cup of tea today. You know, something as little as, oh my gosh, I didn't even know if today I was going to have transport to reach work, but somehow I, I got transport and I reached work. Like you always have to it, imagine gratitude. Gratitude is not something big like, oh God, thank you for this car. Of course, yes. Thank you for the car. Like, you know, you, you're grateful. Thank you for the house. But it boils down to the small things like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm not sick. Whether when you get sick is the day you realize, hey, all yeah. those days of healthiness that I took for granted. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry for all the days of health I took for granted. Because now you're so sick and you realize how mm. heavy your head is. You realize like, oh my gosh, my head weighs kilos. Yeah. You're like, my comrade takes this much effort and strength to move my arm. I know it sounds stupid. To who struggle to fall asleep. The people who even there are some diseases where if they fall asleep for more than a certain amount of hours, it's, it causes havoc in the body. Like, there are crazy illnesses out here. That's what I'm saying. Even something as simple as, I, I'm healthy. I can eat my favorite food. You know, like, like the Victor. For the apple. <laughs> like the Victor keeps on. We have this uh, <laughs> preacher called Victor Salamba. And he, he, he's a foodie also. He always loves food. So sometimes his examples are like, can you imagine I was not able to eat food? Like, those are the small things you realize, like, I really enjoy, miracles, like, like, eating food. Even some people who you find, like, maybe their dental formula is so messed up, they can't even bite into an apple. You had an apple this afternoon and you bit into it and you enjoyed its juicy sweetness, you know? And there's somebody there who's just crying, like, God, I wish I could fix my teeth so I could learn, like, I can, I can remember what it feels like to bite into, the, into an apple. There's some things that we really take for granted because they happen every day, you know? They, they, we do them every day. Like, even, you know, even it, um, uh, it was that gratitude app that made me realize, like, it was a question it asked and it made me realize, like, how, for, how much we take for granted going to work and coming back in the evening to the house like it's something that's supposed to happen. Were you guaranteed that you didn't get an accident or that something bad would not happen to you going to work or coming to, you know, coming from the uh, coming from home to work, going from work to home? Like that simple journey, because we do it every day and nothing bad happens. We think we think it's normal. We think um, we deserve it. It's 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 nothing out of the ordinary. Like we think that that's what life is supposed to be like. Like I'm not supposed to have a problem. I'm telling. Even I remember when I was in high school. Um, this girl told us about how her auntie. She went to bed healthy, fit as a fiddle. The next day she woke up and she was paralyzed. She she couldn't move anything from the neck down, and they ended up diagnosing her with some neurological disease and everything but eventually like <clears throat> they prayed and then she got treated and she got out of it but the point is can you imagine you went to bed and you've already planned your whole day like tomorrow i'm going to do these errands i'm going to go here shop here i'm going to see this person i'm going to go to work and do this i'm going to pick up this and you wake up and your whole body is just like madam you're sitting here today by the way we're going nowhere like Today to go up. I think uh, what to to put a point to what Michelle is trying to drive home is we're not saying that we shouldn't look forward to the big things. We're not yes, saying we shouldn't no, look forward no, to we're not saying that at all. having the grandiose kind mm -hmm, of lifestyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're just simply saying that for before you have the capacity for anything big, it yeah, always starts with something small. It's mm. it's born in literally everything in our lives that we see. Yes. It's 
if you look even at a plant take care of the pennies and the pounds will take care of themselves people we wahenga wahenga wahenguzi they have already told us our elders our ancestors we have so many things that prove this point that it is the little things in life, life that, that that make life worth living because the moment because i've always wondered like when uh, like you hear how these rich people talk and you're like but you have everything till you don't even have empathy for them because you're like but you have money so you can sort your problems yeah. with money but that's when you realize not every problem has a solution that can be solved with money you know there's some problems in this life like relationships there are some relationships you can't fix with money aki i'm telling you if you yeah, yeah there's some relationships that cannot be fixed with money let me tell you i uh, i think we can both uh, i wouldn't say both i think personally i i agree with on that sentiment because even in my own past relationships you'd think money is the problem yes but a lot of times it's not actually mm-hmm. money it's, it's how you relate, relate with, with the, the money it's how you relate with the money yeah and i think michelle she, i wouldn't say she's good with money but she has points on money we'll talk about that at a later episode but she's brought up a really good point in the context of relationships and worth and i think this will be our drawing episodes our drawing or we're ending with mm-hmm. this question yeah. so i came up to a quote recently and mm-hmm. i'd like to hear your points on it mm-hmm. so a woman the quote is a woman gives her body not for sex but a part of her mm-hmm. so essentially you as a man essentially yes. you i as a man mm-hmm. would receive access to her body simply not because it's a that we're going to engage in that but simply she's giving you her as a person so mm-hmm. what her means is you get access to parts of her as a person mm-hmm. that no one else gets access mm-hmm. to i think mm-hmm. this is the whole problem that i have with one night stands we have to you end up having too much access to something that isn't supposed to be accessed by everyone it's supposed to be accessed by so so do you feel okay let me ask you Steve, do you feel that that um compromises on a person's now worth that they're building not their yes. intrinsic worth but it, the worth it, that it they're really building it really does i really do believe in the fact that mm-hmm. every choice we choose to make mm-hmm. impacts the greater good mm-hmm. my choice to sleep i'm using sex as a reference mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. We're we're really in a sexually charged generation right now, and yeah, LGBTQIA. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't keep up with how many alphabets they keep I on adding. Use, by the way, not even touching on gays and lesbians and the long list of it, but simply yeah. even us as heterosexuals, literally, mm. lit, as in us. If this the guys I follow on WhatsApp mm-hmm. and the status updates have to have some form of innuendo into sex. like a sexual innuendo, a se- a like sexual where, where it is it's too sexually charged. Actually, yeah. I, I don't feel like <coughs> excuse me, I don't feel like technically it's the day and age. <coughs> I feel like it's the it's the it's the access to the information that has made it seem like it's so rampant. Because honestly, eh. When you, hey, people who read history and do history, you realize like there are some weird books that were that were published there in the 1600s and they were like very sexual. Like even the Kama Sutra. When was the Kama Sutra first published? Is it in the 1400s? I'm I'm not too sure, but it was like very long ago, like centuries mm. ago. Like you can imagine a book like the Kama Sutra was published. And then now there's some. Like you, you'd realize that it's just because now you can imagine if in the 1600s they had the same access to information, they would be saying the same things we're saying today. Like, oh, everyone is so sexually charged. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. oh. it's just simply now that it's because it's we're in the age of information yeah. whereby everything is just literally seconds away from you, even though the person is in Canada and me, I'm in yeah. Africa, like it's pop, pop. Someone is in Uko or some corner of Europe and you get all that information instantly. It feels like it's exaggerated, but in reality, it's because we've become a global village, like we are a village like we're in one tiny room yeah. you know like the whole world is in one tiny room you know i stretch and i touch 
you <laughs> yet you're so like ge- geographically speaking you're so far from me yeah so for me that's just um it's i don't feel like it's 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 become too much i just feel like the information has the access to information has been increased to the point that now we feel there's an overload simply because now um you're able to to fight, like things like tinder if in the 1600s kina casanova would have tinder we Mimi si juice syphilis ingetembea just because Casanova we were told he, he had syphilis. <laughs> well, so be all I'm saying. She knows this is the thing I know. She knows facts like this. I don't know how she should know facts like this. So like as in my gosh, surely the fact that there were STDs even in those times it should tell you something. It's just that they did not have like the, the same access we have to, to other people right now. They there are, there are so many Tinder, Badoo, Suji Watch, all these funny funny apps that just allow it to be casual, allow it to be easy and you know then now on top of that also um what is being promoted like it's now being promoted yeah. as uh, what is it is it not freedom is it freedom really like it's been promoted like um, oh liberation. liberation oh yeah. yes yes it's been it's been um advertised like oh it's liberating i'm like but really what's so liberating about being able to have sex with multiple people like just explain the what is it called the logic of how that is liberating because if i'm to give you an example of the sex slave farms that america used to have where black slaves would have um would like their work was just constantly copulate and get babies like literally sex farm like a literal sex farm honestly um the man was sleeping with like i, I can't remember they were saying like how many women in a day because they were trying to get the african women to like give birth like like it was like a baby making machine unfortunately technically speaking that's what the, the 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 americans were doing when they took the slaves and had sex farms they just wanted them the women, the black women to constantly give birth to slaves technically like give us as many babies as you can so the man's job was technically having sex and the woman also there was technically to have sex and have as many babies and if you die as a man because of sexual exhaustion tupwa we bring more you know you're thrown away and more it's really sad by the there's some histories you learn and you're like a hey, man can be so vile <clears throat> so for me it's just reasons of it's it's the, it's it's the access and yeah for for if you're going to talk about at sleeping with people and what what it's liberation yet we had slaves who their job was uh, to just do sex i don't think there is liberation like if i'm to use that example to compare i would say that you would not be able to equate sex to liberation because um still at the end of the day cuz sex is also about power that's why you find rape has nothing to do with the actual sexual act but it has to do with everything about power the the man or the woman who is raping you is trying to control you is trying to dominate you is trying to have power over you is trying to take like he's trying to feel like i can conquer you you know rape has nothing nothing to do with sex and everything to do with power it's a power play okay and the same thing even with consensual sex it's always a power play that's why you find the whole thing of a man on top or a woman on top they're like at all oh, who is dominating you know like when you sit down and look at the the black Control. and white yeah. Like if you want to look at sex in black and white, you'll realize it's it's actually a power play, and that's why now you find um now you find like um in in certain religions like Christianity or Islam they say it's only supposed to be in in marriage, so that um because in marriage technically even how the Bible says it is you're equal once you're married even though that you all submit even. Even the man is told and also you as she as in also you must submit like even the man has to submit so it's because now at least it's in a balanced play field so. At least, if you break it down to black and white, I just realized that sex is really about power play. 
Yeah. Control. It's just, yeah, it's, it's basically control. So that's why you find rape has nothing to do with the actual act of the person like domineering and doing the act, but it's, I mean, not domineering, it's not about the actual act, but it's actually about domineering and making this person feel helpless. And, you know, you feeling like I control this person and, you know, I'm the one who's making them feel like this. I'm the one who's doing this to them. So, so that's like, yeah. So that's what I'm just saying. Like for me, I just feel like it's not that it's the today's society is over sexual. It's just that now we have, we have so much access to all these things that's happening. So you start to feel like, so like even there right now, you had my mom saying, oh, the world is descending. He said, it's because now we have so much info that we start to feel like, like it's really ended because now you see things like, um, you see so many forest fires, you see so many um, <clears throat> earthquakes and volcano eruptions. And, you know, and then you hear these stories of like, now the, the news is telling you, it's it, actually, it's the worst that to ever occur in the yeah. past 20 years. Or it's a past, it's the strongest in the past 100 years. You know, you're feeling like <laughs> the weather is now beating its own records in things and you feel like everything is ending. But if you look at it, even in history and what um, even our scientists are able to discover, you find in that period of time, that was like maybe the worst earthquake they had ever experienced. So that was the worst hurricane or tornado they had ever experienced. At that time. At that time. So my point is, it's not over-sexualized. It's just that we're in the age of information and um, what we choose to consume. And you know, now the thing is, this is where pop culture comes into play, whereby now it it kind of suggests of what you should consume. So like you find, like even on your landing page on YouTube, you know, sometimes it just suggests videos to you. And I've never looked for that video. So you understand what I mean? So for me, that's what I feel it is. It's not over-sexualization or anything. But yeah, but for 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 the the terms of um, where there you said that he, um, how the sex and worth comes into play, uh, for me, uh, for me, uh, I feel like <clears throat> it plays with your psyche because sex is not physical. It plays also with your spirit and emotion. So it's with the psyche. So yes, it will affect how you feel about yourself. It is not about I think this person has taken away your worth. No, 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 no. It is about after this act, how do I feel about me? How do I talk to me? Okay. So yeah, for me, yeah, maybe that's why I can see um the, the aspect of worth and um uh the sexual act in terms of how you feel about yourself. It has nothing to do with actually the person, but the person you've done the act with, but actually after the act and you remain with yourself, are you okay with the thoughts? Do you talk nicely to yourself? Because how you talk to yourself and how you react to yourself after that will determine how you feel your worth. So sometimes when people say to you, oh, um, it reduces your worth, uh, like if you keep on doing it, and it's because of, at the end of the day, how they talk to themselves and how they relate to themselves after going through the act. So that's what will determine their worth. It's not that that other person has determined their worth now. No, no, no. It's how you talk to yourself. Yeah. Oh, so, wow. Um, I think I don't know what else to add because Michelle always has so much to share. My goodness, like she always has too much to share, too much. Please, I think she just needs an outlet for just sharing all these things. So essentially, this is where I was like, let her come on board. So the whole po- premise for talking about worthiness is simply, as a man, is your worth is not geared only to the things that you are able to remove out of yourself. Your output is not measured by what you have put in, essentially. So even though you as a man have spent so much time trying so hard to 
make two and two work. I think right now with the pandemic and everything that's happening around us, particularly us as Kenya, we are soon going into an election year. And right now, even when I was coming up to visit Michelle was, you know, this is usually politicians do this thing, like they put now banners when they fix the road and things. So essentially now, they put these things so that they can remind us that they're still there, yet the last four, five years, they haven't, they haven't seen any relevance. So they're trying to prove their worth. They're trying to prove their worth. Mm. So that doesn't translate to your worth simply because by the things you do, but simply mm. because of who, who you, you are, are as a person. Mm. And you as a person is not defined by what society or what has been labeled as you. So you're not a man simply because you are a man. Or just because you have a penis. You're not a lady simply because you're able to produce children. Not because you're able to remove something yeah. out of you. It's not because of your work. It's not because of... Yeah, because you know in some societies, especially in Africa, you're told where we see Mwanamuke, you're not a woman until you've given birth. And I'm like, how can you place the worth of a woman only mm-hmm. on how she can bear children? Exactly. You know, so also society tries to place... um certain aspects to prove worthiness but yeah. worthiness doesn't come from outside it has to first come from within you have within. to prove to yourself you have to believe in yourself that i am worth i'm worthy i'm worthy of love i'm worthy of this like this is the worth i bring to the table mm-hmm. and this also uh, builds your self-confidence this is why you're told like if you have low self-esteem it's because you you have forgotten uh your worth you're forgotten your worth you know yeah so for me, I would say uh, so. self-esteem is it has is connected to your self-worth. Like if you have low self-esteem, it's because you're forgotten to look within and see truly that you are worthy. Yes. So Michelle's take home would be my take home would be we are all worthy, even though and not every day you will feel worthy. Not every day you will feel that you are worth. Um, the good things that happen to you. Uh, some days you'll feel like you're worth the bad things that happen to you. But at the end of the day, I would ask people to to really look deep within them and find their intrinsic value. That value that, like I said in the beginning, whereby a hundred bob, no matter how much it's crumpled, no matter how much it's stepped on, it's still a hundred bob. That's your intrinsic value. Find it, and once you find it, build on now the other worth. You know, this the the superficial worth, if it would be the like now your um your mindset, how you think, how you. Make Make other people feel because that's also your worth you know even making other people feel good about who they are and making them feel good about their day or anything like that that adds worth and value to them so that also in turn adds worthy worthiness mm. to you okay yeah. and my take home is simply it's two things essentially one is it starts with how you see yourself it starts by doing that simple thing as i mentioned i bought my first mirror when i was 25 and for you you don't have to wait that long to be able to buy a mirror and simply look in the mirror and tell yourself you are worthy, you are needed, and you're deserved. And the last part of it is for people who are supposed to see your worth, they will see it not because of what you do, but simply because yes. of who you are as a person. And with that, we call it a wrap to episode eight. And well, I hope you like Michelle. So. I hate love, whatever. But you hate love? love? Hate love. It's a love-hate thing with Michelle. So I Honestly. And <laughs> Bestie yeah. for life. I'll irritate you to death. I'm telling you, like, <laughs> it's weird. But I wouldn't want it with anyone else. So thank you guys for listening in. Moving forward, you'll be hearing a lot from Michelle. 
And well, yeah. So so bear with me, Aki guy. Those are who want to leave because I sound horrible. Aki, it's okay. God still loves you. It's okay. Please leave, <laughs> leave me. I can't leave. Me, I've tried to leave you. But you God loves leave. you. But don't worry. Uh, there's there's more to come from me. And yeah, sometimes my thoughts can be all over the place. But at the end of the day, I try to bring them back home. In terms of, it's just because I have so much in my mind. And as I told you. Uh, people, my fr- I have friends who call me an encyclopedia and stuff like that, simply because I love to learn. I love to unlearn as well because we are, you know, that also shows that um, you know your worth that in terms of what you bring to the table. So you also have to be humble enough to understand that uh, my worth has also repercussions in terms of my knowledge, now my superficial worth, like what my knowledge can bring to the table. That also brings worth because... Uh, I'm bringing value on the table, not intrinsic value, but value in terms of my, what is it called? Intellect. Yes, intellect is also value. So I always have to unlearn and learn so that I can increase the worthiness of what I know. And with that, bye. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to Simply Zero on the What's Your Name podcast. You can catch us on Instagram, on Anchored, hash us there, okay? Catch me outside. Mm-hmm. Look forward to deep diving, growth, okay? A little bit of perkiness and fun, but that's who we are. Peace out. Eta. Teeny, teeny. Okay, let's do another one.